not about what the outside world thinks. It's about what does, you know, what do you have in that room? And the best man wins, and you give everybody a shot at it. The outside world doesn't see the summer workout on a Monday morning. They don't see that progress, but, but we as coaches do. Well, regardless of what the outside world thinks, we, we believe a lot in our defense. Welcome back to the Outside World, the Athletics Oklahoma Football Podcast. I'm Jason Kersey, uh, joined here today on the episode by Bob Prisbillo, my former colleague at the Oklahoman, longtime friend who's now at Soonerscoop.com. You're actually the third Sooner Scooper to uh, be on the podcast, following Eddie and Josh. So, um, you know, you'll you'll be better than them, surely. Well, the third time is the charm. You've been trying <laughs> to get someone worthwhile. You finally did it. That's right, exactly. So we're uh, we're here at uh, at the Hyatt Regency in Atlanta. Um, Peach Bowl is in a couple of days. Today was media day, which is a big day. I don't think people realize how big a day that is for us. We finally get to talk to a lot of people we haven't gotten to talk to all year. Um, you know, it's sort of the last chance before the game to talk to the players. There's obviously a lot to talk about, but I mean, what did you have any big takeaways from uh, from our from our media day experience? Yeah, it's just a great time to catch up with the freshmen. You know, that's it's, it's so weird because a lot of people sort of expect us to hang around Jalen Hurts and Kenneth Murray and stuff like that. It's like, well, we already know what's sort of going on in that regard. But you could talk to Spencer Rattler and talk to Theo Weiss and Jaden Davis and people of that nature and sort of get a feel of who this team could be moving forward and what some of these kids – personalities are are going to be like and and really when you get to these young these young kids how much they enjoy this type of week you know you're a sophomore junior you've been through this a time or two but this is the first time this bowl week experience you can see how much they're really having fun and starting to realize if they live up to their potential they could be doing this every single year yeah and and you're right the juniors and seniors I mean Jalen has obviously been to these things three times with Alabama. Uh, Kenneth Murray's been been to things like this twice. Um, the guys who have done it before, you can sort of tell the guys who have done it before and the guys who haven't. And uh, it was really fun. Uh, we, and, and it happened. We did it uh, at the College Football Hall of Fame, which uh, I don't know. Have you had a chance to go through there yet? I have not, no. Yeah, we, me and Aber and Paul Matier went through it the other day, and it's it's such a neat thing, and you get to look around, you see all the history and stuff, and um, you know I've always sort of wondered what that's like for players walking through that, you know, sort of wondering you know where their place in history is going to be, but um, but I mean, you know, I, as far as the game, I mean, we're two two days away from the game, we've done so much talking about it, I, I think. I think I, I don't know how you feel. I mean, I, obviously LSU is the is a heavy favorite here. Um, but has anything changed the way you view this game this week? Anything you've heard sort of changed the the way you see things going? The only thing that's kind of got me wondering is OU and more specifically Lincoln Riley's approach to bowl practices. I mean, maybe twenty eight nothing against Bama made him realize whatever I did this year didn't work. They were too loosey-goosey if they were having too much fun or whatever. This seems sort of like a boot camp. I mean, Riley's very rigid. Like They know exactly their routine that they want to do to the minute, and they don't want to deviate whatsoever. We've heard that the practices have been incredibly hard and tough, and then you lose Delarian Turner-Yell with a broken collarbone when you do something like that, but it's a – Different approach, and it's always sort of one. I've asked Lincoln this a couple times throughout the years. How do you know when your team is ready 
after such a long break heading into the college football playoff. And, you know, he said he messed up the first time against Clemson. He had no clue what he was doing. The team peaked too soon. They looked great against Georgia. Maybe he tried to use that same blueprint into Bama, and that was a disaster. Now he's going the other way, complete opposite. Is this rigid, you know, strict approach going to be the secret recipe to finally getting the Sooners a college football uh, playoff win? Yeah, I mean, that's really interesting that, that the practices are so different. And I actually, maybe stupidly, hadn't really made the connection between how intense they've been and DeLaren Turner yells injury but I guess that's the risk you run when you do things that way and you know uh, frankly it's a little fortunate probably that there haven't been more injuries or at least more injuries that we haven't heard about yeah for sure and, and you know as much as people are down about losing Turner Yell and Ronnie Perkins Ramondre Stevenson Trajan Bridges the only positive you can say is that you had at least a week to know about it is isn't Marquise Brown last year you had no clue what he could give you when he got to the game. This isn't Baker Mayfield getting sick just days prior to the Rose the the Rose Bowl. You've had time to prep. And if Lincoln Riley's as great as everyone believes he is and that he can be, this is his moment to devise the perfect game plan going into this one. Yeah. And it's certainly gonna be gonna be challenging. I, I thought one interesting thing we sort of found out today is how they're going to or at least partially maybe how they're going to account for the loss of Ronnie Perkins which we've all talked about a lot but um, you know we've all kind of speculated who's gonna switch over that side and and I don't know if you got to spend any time around Redmond and, and Leron Stokes I didn't talk to Redmond but I did talk that's the thing I think people also should understand we have 45 minutes and the entire team uh, and coaching staff that we can go talk to but um, I, I did get a little spend a little time with Leron Stokes and he said that he expects that him and Jalen will be on the field together, that he's been working at the end spot. I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, Marcus Stripling, I think, is a really talented guy who's going to probably be a good player at Oklahoma. But, man, for your first career start to be in the Peach Bowl, that would be that would be pretty tough. It really would. I mean, it's so clear. It's going to be Stokes and Redmond. And then when that drop-off happens and it's Stripling and Isaiah Thomas, that could tell the story of the game. Like maybe OU can contain Joe Burrow and that offense just a bit when it's Red when it's Redmond and Stokes, but when you got to give those guys a breather, that's going to be interesting to see if Stripling and Thomas can raise their level. And that's something I talked a lot with Jalen Redmond about, just in terms of where where these guys are, and he's just super confident what and what Stripling brings to the table. And he's just like, this dude is ready. He's going to be a monster. And heck. He could he could do it Saturday. For all the talk of these these guys missing out, the belief has been defensive recruiting the last couple of years has been much better than it was the last you know three or four. So if you truly believe that these guys eventually are going to be the stars, then maybe this is the type of moment they've all been waiting for to show you once and for all the type of statement they can make on a stage like this. Yeah, and and there are just some guys too that are that are gamers that are just you know when you know maybe aren't maybe the reason they're not playing is because practice they're not practicing great or whatever, but they're just gamers. I mean, guys like that have existed through the years, and and perhaps that's that's what uh, that's what these guys will be. Another guy uh, that is going to be missing that I think we you know have talked a lot about is Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, obviously, uh, Ken- Kennedy Brooks has carried the load for most of the last half of the season. But it was, you know, when you had Ramondre Stevenson available and, you know, Kennedy 
Brooks gets a concussion in the Big 12 championship game. Ramondre comes in, plays really well, scores the game-winning touchdown. I, I had a chance to talk to Kennedy Brooks, and he, he said, no, TJ's ready. He's going to you – know, and I know this is a little bit of a common theme. Of course they're going to say these guys are ready, and we'll have to just sort of see uh, what's going to happen. But, I mean, TJ Pledger is such a – he's a smaller guy. He's the kind of guy that you don't – Maybe at the uh, when you first uh, you know look at him or look at his size or think about him, doesn't seem like the kind of guy who could care load. Kenny Brooks says that he can. Now you might be a little more familiar with this because of your uh, you know the the work you do in recruiting. I mean, do you think TJ play if if something was to happen to Kennedy Brooks, can TJ Pledger carry the load here? He's never had to. When he was at IMG Academy, he was like one of three backs. You had Trey Sanders, who, of course, signed with Bama and got hurt this year. You had Noah Kane, who ended up at Penn State. I mean, there's been so many different guys where TJ's never had to carry the load. So I talked to his best bud. I talked to Buki about Pledger and where his head is at. And he said all the things that TJ's gone through in his life has made everything in football seem not that big like he can overcome everything because he already has so just being hurt or not getting enough carries that means nothing in the grand scheme of things compared to what he's had to go through just to get to this point and he said tj has been focused he's been fired up and you know if if nothing else you know at least special teams has kept his mind sharp throughout the second half of the season because he really hasn't touched the ball that much I believe he has eight carries the entire season but you know he's ready for for Saturday and you know, I don't expect him to get 10 15 carries but if he gets about five to seven and maybe a couple touches coming out of the backfield that would be enough for him to at least give LSU something else to think about yeah well it should be very interesting to see how all that plays out um you know obviously Jalen Hurts was was available today I didn't spend a whole lot of time with him I don't think you did uh but we also got to talk to Spencer Rattler um and uh you know Spencer and Tanner Mordecai are going to be two guys that people are going to be very interested in moving forward I didn't make it over to them I don't know if you did did you make it over to Spencer at all I did for a brief period of time he said he gave you the, the good quarterback answers about how much he's learned this year and how much Jalen Hurts has taught him how to mature on and off the field and the only one I forgot to ask him about his Netflix show because I, <laughs> I think that would have definitely gone hand in hand with trying to mature off the field but you can tell he's excited ready to go I asked him if he regretted not being a mid-year guy you can almost see him say yeah he's like yeah. oh I think about it from time to time but there's nothing I can do about it now and then of course you talk about Rattler you, you have to talk about Trajan Bridges, Jaden Hazelwood, Theo Weiss and just the fact that those guys have known each other for so so long and they're just all looking to make this impact together they all had to wait their turn I love what Theo Weiss said when you're sitting behind the best receiver in the in the country there's no rush your time is going to come yeah, and that's a, certainly a good attitude, especially in the era of the transfer portal. That, that's a, that's an attitude OU fans should be excited to hear these these uh, young five star kids uh, uh, talking with. And I I get the sense, and and again, this is this is not super related to the Peach Bowl because these a lot of these guys aren't going to play. But I I think. One thing you can take away from this is with the talent that they have, the talent they've recruited the last few years, you get the sense that this team is going to be really good for a while. Yeah, this felt like the stopgap year. This was the you know rebuilding, okay, now Grinch is here. We're going to change the defense. We're going to have to work out the kinks. Maybe we get to a New Year's Six Bowl, maybe not. And instead, somehow they make their way back to the college football playoff. I mean, they're more primed, in my opinion, to make a 
bigger and better run the next couple years ahead compared to where they're at now. As long as, again, if Spencer Rattler and Tanner Mordecai, they end up being as good as Lincoln Riley's going to need them to be, that defense is just so young, and it's just going to get so much more experience. You think of guys like Benito and Jalen Redmond, even though they've been in the program two years, they're only redshirt freshmen. And then David Aguebu starts making plays and stripling. You're like, the, the cupboard is not bare. And, and what they've been able to do in the first year of Grinch definitely has to have you fired about 2020 and going beyond. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, it's been a fun week. Uh, it's not always great being away from home on Christmas, but, uh, you know, I, I talked about it on this podcast. We've tweeted about it. We, the, the beat group is so great. Uh, we're all, you know, all so close. So that's, it's been really fun. Um, had a lot of fun moments this week. You being nicknamed little sweater boy by one of the peach bowl volunteers was perhaps my favorite moment of the week. I don't know if you have any comment on that, Bob. <laughs> wearing a Mickey Mouse Christmas sweater. I walk in, ask what I want. I want a water. I go to the restroom, come back, and I find out, oh, he, he knows where little sweater boy is sitting. He didn't need any help. Man, I tell you, didn't see it coming. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty funny. We've always, you know, for as long as I've known you back our Oklahoma days, you've been the bone man. That's what we've I've always called you. I still... Calling you Bob, even on this podcast, is weird for me because that's what I've always called you. Um, I don't think I can ever just, in random conversation, refer to you as Little Sweater Boy. But <laughs> I don't know if you'd like that. Little Sweater Boy, huh? I have no, no uh, gift to bring. But, uh, yeah, you know, Bone Man, that's been my name for, for years and years because I was just so skinny growing up. I know people like to try to make it dirty or sick or whatever. It's just I was so skinny. You can see all my rib, all my rib bones as I was growing up, so that name has stuck for more than 30 years now. Yeah. Well, uh, Bone Man, Bob, thank you, Little Sweater Boy. Thank you so much uh, for joining the podcast. Really appreciate it, and uh, uh, it's been a fun week, and I, I'm looking forward to, uh, to to the game. At this point, the, these weeks, you just sort of, at a certain point, you're just ready to get to the game, and, and I've, I've reached that point. Uh, I don't know about you, but thanks so much for your time, man, and uh, I, I know we're all busy. For sure, you know, we're definitely ready to roll. And I think within the first, you know, five, six minutes, we're going to know how this game is going to uh, play out. But it's been a really great, great week. And now it's just time to get Saturday to Saturday. All right. And thank everybody for listening again. Uh, this has been the Outside World, po- uh, the Outside World, the Athletics Oklahoma Football Podcast. I'll be back with one final pregame episode on Friday uh, tomorrow. And, uh, and then we'll get to the game. Thanks for listening.